right, after a wet start to the week, our Monday, not the best Monday, uh, with all the rain that we had here this week, uh, or the start off the week, I should say, uh, we needed the rain. Nice to get this time of the year. It's very typical to get more of that soaking rain. I'm with uh, Eric Alf this week, meteorologist Eric Alf. Eric, you were telling me, um, we were talking about this on Monday, actually. You, you had made the comment about uh, knowing that we're moving out of the convective season, the summer season, and more into a synoptic season, right? Yeah, the type of rains I mean, essentially, the rain that we saw on Monday morning was reminiscent of a lot of the dynamics that you normally see in the colder months. More so, it's more influenced by the jet stream. You know, um, the rain we saw Monday morning was kind of the first example of our polar jet stream starting to dip southward, kind of interacting with the subtropical jet stream, kind of enhancing more so of a more widespread rainfall event. You know, typically, you know, during the summer, yes, we could see, you know, widespread rain, but, you know, the dynamics are kind of different. They're not as influenced by, uh, you know, big jet stream dips and, you know, stretching of the atmosphere and intense lift, more so a lot more reminiscent of uh, tropical moisture, maybe interacting with a stalled front or something. But it's, it's a little more fair, as I like to call it. Yeah, if you look and also, at the you know, more isolated summertime thunderstorms where you get those intense down, training downpours, but it's more isolated. You know, the rain that we got Monday morning, it was very um, widespread. Out. A lot of us saw a general one to two inches. Shy, I guess it looks like the, the, um, the southeastern coast of Delmarva actually barely saw anything. But. I did see that, and that was a <laughs> um, good example, again, of how Delmarva works. Even when we have a widespread event, there's, uh, it's very possible that parts of the peninsula end up not getting yeah. that type of rain um, or whatever is falling from the yeah. sky, whether it be a snow or ice. But in this case, obviously, it was rain. But you, you're right, the southeastern yeah. portion, Worcester County down to Accomack and Northampton to the south, really didn't see much rain at all. It was uh, generally 90% of the rest of the peninsula to get the rain and inland Delmarva especially that saw some of the more soaking rain. So we're, it was a reinforcing shot yeah. of the fall air that we had in place to end last week going into the weekend. Was, uh, Eric, you talked about just that polar jet stream starting to interact a little bit. We're getting a touch of true cool fall mm -hmm. type weather as we wound, yeah. round, or, uh, wind down the days here, final days of yeah. summer. And it's essentially like what you said where we needed the rain. Where, uh, we, we got a, um, uh, uh, 69 hundredths of an inch uh, yesterday in Salisbury, which uh, really improved our deficit. We were uh, seven hundredths of an inch below where we should be this time year. Uh, now we're just uh, sixteen hundredths of an inch uh, under the deficit. Well, that's so, excellent. Yeah, you know, we've been fighting. You know what? It wasn't the weekend. It was a weekday night. I welcomed it. I, you know? I would say that too. Sunday <laughs> so, night into early Monday morning. Nice soaker. The, the best time, I think, to get the rain there. And even the sun was out by Monday afternoon in most yeah. spots. But, yeah. you know, you mentioned the rainfall deficit erasing it. All summer, actually from late spring into the summer, we've been kind of fighting drought. If you would go back into the other side of the bay, crossover into Maryland, Virginia, those areas uh, experiencing some level yeah. of early onset drought for right. on and off throughout most of the summer. That was starting to creep back in our direction, but we've managed to kind of keep that away from us off to the west and have had just enough rain and now getting back to normal because there was a point coming out of spring where we were starting to experience drought here on Delmar. We talked about it in past podcasts. Um, so it does look a little yeah. better. We're in a drier month technically compared to the uh, earlier part of the summer. Mm -hmm. uh, September and October, we've talked about this before. Sometimes the only type of big rains we get are tropical in nature. This was not a tropical system. It wasn't. Not at all. No, but Lee was giving us trouble over the weekend with rip currents. Lee has started 
the last remnants of it have really exited uh, the United States in general. The Northeast was seeing some of that action up into Canada. That's now moving out. High pressure has moved into its place, essentially. Oh, yes. But that could set the table for the next storm system developing that could impact our area. Well, I mean, before getting to that, the next few days are going to be fantastic. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. Right? And really, there has been any reason to talk too much about dew points really anymore like we still talk about but like we just had consistent times now which is very comfortable humidity which is to be expected um so that's the case for the next few days low humidity nice temperatures but you know getting to the end of the week yes cloud cover thickens and then yes this weekend is pretty much our next chance uh for some rainfall could potentially be on the heavier side lots to iron out still a few days but the setup is there um, for some decent rainfall. Now, this system that you know, we're referring to right now, kind of developing, getting itself together in the Southeast National Hurricane Center has it at a low but non-zero chance for tropical cyclone development, 30% chance in the next seven days. I think the low chance is rightfully given just because um, a lot of the characteristics that a tropical cyclone would have uh, may not be present, you know, they'll have fronts associated with it. It would kind of be reliant on jet stream dynamics more so for, I think, um, for intensification, which is not the case really for intensifying tropical cyclones. Whatever happens, though, tropical moisture surging into our area. That's the most important thing yeah, with this whether system. Whether it's a tropical cyclone or not, it's not going to get away from the fact that we're likely going to have some tropical moisture surging to our area um, come Saturday. Uh, with the potential, unfortunately, it's the weekend. We could be seeing the soaking rain, maybe some breezy conditions as well. We got um, the Folk Festival in town in Salisbury um, into the weekend, so might not look too great for that, at least parts of it. I know with the system, there are a lot of things to iron out. Keeping in mind, everybody who's listening here, we're recording this on a Tuesday, right. dropping the podcast yeah. on Wednesday. So knowing that you need to tune in and kind of get an update from us on the forecast here throughout the end of the week. But worth mentioning about this storm, the potential tropical nature, it it goes without saying, unless something drastic would be would happen where their storm would drift out in the ocean, stay out there for a while, intensify, and come in. We're not looking at this developing into a hurricane or any yeah, type of high wind-driven storm. You mentioned the fact that it's taking on characteristics, what we'd see where we talk about more of the wintertime cyclones or yeah. land cyclones, nor'easter. It's another example, again, of like these amplified, these jet streams mm -hmm. are become more amplified, per se, and uh, we, we get more of these. Uh, that's why... Uh, you really see these coastal mid-latitude cyclones or nor'easters as some of these are. Uh, they typically happen around this time, around the fall and winter seasons. And that's when we, especially in September and October here in Delmarva, typically see our heaviest widespread rains. And that's just how we get our moisture this time of the year. Not to say we don't have thunderstorm events. But oh, yeah. Cold fronts move faster. Storms don't stick around as long. Yep. You don't get the... Um, you know, and obviously during the summer when storms do stick around long, no, it's cold fronts actually great. mean something in terms of temperature drop. Yes, they drop. That's normally just... happen during the uh, summertime. You'll get a little drop in humidity, but then you get the drier air, you get the higher sun angle, dry air heats up more efficiently, and then you, you don't really get all that much cooler. You don't. Uh, and, and during the summer, the only benefit of a cool front, um, as I like to call it, I don't know the cold, cold front, front, yeah, exactly. The summer is yeah. the fact that it's the focus for widespread rain or widespread thunderstorms when we need the water. So. Going into the, the fall here, it kind of comes with it that we've got to watch for tropical systems. 
obviously we need the rain. That's how we get it here mm-hmm. September and October. So that's that's the, the, the mode that we're shifting into here in Delmarva looking ahead. But yeah. again, for that late week storm, not worried too much about the wind along the coast. It's always a different factor because there's less friction and you typically tend yeah. to get uh, in these scenarios, uh, low pressure interacting with high pressure. We get gradient right. winds that set up. It's basically what you said, um, you know, in your Monday broadcast where the existing high pressure is sort of kind of a it shields us from this, but then it moves, you know, offshore, and then it kind of acts like a gateway, per se. And allows for low pressure to, to move in. northward. Right. Um, so, unfortunately, right now, as it stands the weekend, not looking all that great, right. <laughs> to say the least. So, we throw a lot of information at you here, especially in this, where we talk about the dynamics of these storms that have yet to be developed. And, you know, as meteorologists, every single day brings, some, brings new weather data, obviously, but it sometimes brings a whole new scenario or a shift in scenarios. And... You know, it's one thing for a group of meteorologists to kind of uh, go back and forth on the particulars and variables of a forecast, and it's much like a doctor. Sometimes you have different opinions, but then we have problems uh, now with social media, especially in the past, I would say, 10 years um, with proliferation of video social media Mm -hmm. in particular that allow, you know, enthusiasts to get involved, which is great, but it's when the enthusiasts kind of even get pushed aside and it's people that are a little more uh, nefarious, maybe. And, well, and it's hard to it's hard to say what someone's mind is really truly intending. But we've had some misinformation recently that you kind of have to ask. You know, like is this done on purpose to create discourse, or are any of these people even enthusiasts? Like, uh, well, that's what I mean. Like <laughs> the enthusiasts um, who are just you know they're in part of the conversation because the, which is great. But then they, you, you, it's determining, are you an enthusiast or are you in here just to cause yeah. a little bit of chaos? And so here's what I'm sort of gathering is that supposedly the monetization system on TikTok is very good and efficient. You can make a lot of money off it. So what I'm assuming people are doing, unfortunately, they're using fear-mongering per se to get the clicks, yep. get the views, ranking the money and sort of uh, quote-unquote forecast these doomsday scenarios. Um, many of you may have seen what we like to call the Cat 6 lady. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> what like, I was thinking up here. Yep. First of all, there's no such thing uh, as a Cat 6. It only goes up to Cat 5. doesn't get any stronger than 155-mile-per-hour winds or greater. That's Cat 5, no stronger than that. Um, the Yeah, just forecasting a Cat 6 to hit somewhere in the... Uh, United States. I didn't even pay attention much to her. I just like brushed her aside, but never happened, obviously. Um, and I really think it, uh, not even just TikTok, I was even noticing some you know, professional media outlets, um, unfortunately, that were just spreading this bad misinformation. Uh, I don't know if these news outlets have a staff of meteorologists that they work with, but obviously there's a miscommunication. Uh, between That's typically what it comes down to. Who the actual you know, scientists and meteorologists are with the news outlets. And you know, I'm, I'm seeing this news article that's saying New Jersey, New York, uh, brace for potential Cat 5 hurricane. Absolutely not. No. no. That was Now, where are their impacts? Sure, we all. Oh, the, yeah. The whole coast had swells from that what it was did. once a Category 5 storm. And it also, it, uh, the, the, the uh, flow um, actually enhanced our beautiful weather, kept the dry air in place. We uh, the positive, you know, where positive there's intense rising to the air, there's intense sinking air. It's, yeah. it's, it's the balance of the atmosphere. Um, so we got the, that side of the storm, the nice, beautiful weather, uh, nice sunny skies, dry air. Um, but 
aside from that, yeah, the, the waves were rough. Waves were really rough. Really dangerous. Pushing 10 to 12 footers uh, and swells and rip currents. Dangerous, dangerous stuff. The numbers we were dangerous <coughs> stuff. on our marine forecast, excuse me, <clears throat> we were putting those numbers um, that you would typically see well offshore for wave heights. Yeah. Um, in, in my time here over a year here, I mean, we, I've never seen those numbers yeah. that close to the shore. So this was a dangerous time. What makes it, um, and I, we may have mentioned this in an earlier podcast, what makes it extra dangerous is the fact that typically in these scenarios, when we have dangerous rip currents, it comes with some of the most beautiful weather. So, I just so wanna, people, people yeah. see the blue skies, they have the warm temperatures, yeah. and they think nothing's going on. I do want to quickly touch on one more thing regarding the misinformation. When you're looking for weather sources, you know, make sure the person has the credentials. You know, did, did they study this? Um, maybe a seal like you, you have your AMS seal, mm-hmm. sort of a seal of quality. You know, th- those are important factors to, to look at, to, to know, um, you know where you're getting your sources from. Also, National Weather Service, also National Hurricane Center. Um, Make sure you're getting your weather from the right sources and, you know. A local TV in te- station. Integrity, not, not, not just doing it for clicks and, and for the money. And a local TV station is a good place to start. Yep. Because a majority of the broadcast-type meteorologists, obviously, are employed by TV stations, radio stations too, newspapers even have uh, some of the more digital content online uh, across the country. They hire meteorologists, staffs of meteorologists. So if you stick to the traditional media sources, that's typically <clears throat> where the professional meteorologists are. Yep. Yeah. On the broadcast side, you mentioned the National Weather Service, National Hurricane Center, all of the government weather employees, um, some of the most fantastic we, meteorologists we collaborate in the country. With them. We, 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 we do. We work together with them, yeah. So. It is a collaborative effort. It is. Uh, we're the communication arm of the, um, you know, the science agency, the meteorology agency in this country. Yep. And um, important. So good stuff there from Eric to think about when you're online. You're seeing just this... Just, you know, it's almost just a spigot of water or fire hose, if you will, of water yeah. just, you know, coming at you with information online. And it's hard to decipher. It's yeah. always good to go to the traditional yeah, spots it makes first. Our job's a little more challenging and kind of oversaturates, right. unfortunately. Well, I think one thing that's tough to give misinformation on because nature tells you exactly what's going on when you look is fall foliage. Yeah. And nothing changes yeah. as far as uh, sunset and, and loss of daylight during the year, which helps accelerate the eventual changing of leaves. So this time of the year, we're always looking at uh, first dates to expect some leaf changes and uh, leaf color changes and whatnot. And Eric, you were looking at the early, early indications that fall foliage is starting to appear here in the Northeast, not necessarily here in mid-Atlantic just yet. Yeah. So this website I'm looking at, either I've been living under a rock or this is a new thing, but it's really only this season where I've really started to, um, really know about this website. It's called Explore Fall. Really, really nice website. Um, and what they got, they got a nice map here. So give or take, there's a lot of factors that go into basically how vibrant the colors are and basically how late or how early they change. But the general average time is, for most of Delmarva, kind of similar to New York City, I've noticed, is that it's early November. But there's a lot of factors that, you know, go into um, the color change. Specifically in fall, what you want is a lot of sunny days. You want warm days. Let's go with like temperatures in the 70s. You want cool, crisp nights, not freezing, but give or take perhaps like nighttime lows in the mid-30s to mid-40s, around that range. You don't want to freezing because then you get the leaves to kind of like get all crumbly. That's and right. Like, you get the burnt edges. I, I've, you know, I've noticed that firsthand. Uh, and uh, 
yeah, that's, uh, and you get premature leaf drop as well if it gets too cold. Um, but essentially what you want is you want uh, warmer and wetter than average spring. In the summer, you kind of want it to be more in check to an average <coughs> amount of rain during the summer. You don't want huge temperature extremes either. Um, and then basically what's there for the fall. Uh, there's a lot of factors. That, uh, the, the leaves are really picky with um, basically with the weather conditions. Well, as you said, you, you, want the right, you need the right variables to have the true ultimate vibrant colors. Yes. So not yeah. every fall also, is the same. You know, one, especially in October, one big you know, coastal storm, rain and wind, can just like put a complete dent on it and like almost ruin the colors. You know, you want, you want it calm, you want it generally dry throughout the fall. You don't want much disruption. And you get the really, really bright reds when I said you get, you know, the cool crisp nights, but not freezing. You don't want to freeze or a frost. That well, really. And just remembering the last fall here in Del Mar, I believe we had come, we were going through a pretty dry period toward the end of summer. And I have to go look back at the numbers, but I know going in that, I think that muted some of our colors because there was, I, I don't want to call it a drought, but it was maybe along the lines of that, but just enough that the yeah. leaf change wasn't as vibrant. I'm a little worried about the colors in New England also because the intense amount of rain. Um, Too much. I think, that, I think that's going to both delay the colors a bit, but I think it's also going to make it a little bit muted. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think... Um, I don't know. I, I'm not too much of an expert on that, but like perhaps there may be some fungal diseases maybe that may d develop uh, and um, uh, just kind well, of... you can see that. I mean, you hear about that all the time with people's lawns, yeah. you know, and, yeah. um, um, you know, variables... It's been way too, way, way, way too wet in, in, in New England. Luckily, it's been like that for us, but uh, constant uh, excessive uh, rain outlooks and, and flood watches throughout the summer of New England. It's been really bad out well, there. Well, it seems like that that's been every, almost every... Every weather event that we've had on a weekly cycle here for a while has been like right. that, where it's just north of us right. into New England that, you know, you're looking at all the flash flood warnings and the outlooks like you talked about yeah. a couple of days ahead. The flash flood guidance has just been, yeah. you know, it's always been in that location there in the New England where, you know, they could use some of that water earlier in the season just a little further inland into eastern Canada yeah. Where it's too much, too little of a time. Too much in the way of extremes yeah. between too dry and too wet. So yeah. um, interesting outlook here as we get set for the fall foliage season. I know a favorite for many across the area. Fall, yeah. uh, regularly the most favorite season for most people. And I'm excited so. to see what the fall colors bring to Dalmarva. I am too. I, yeah. I can't wait to because I think we're going in, like you said, we've kind of readjusted our rainfall totals heading into um, the fall here. So um, you know, devoid of any major storm, bringing the leaves down too yep. early. Um, I yeah. think we. Now I know this can be released on Wednesday, but a little bit of pumpkin spice-like weather tonight. You know, nice and cool, potentially getting to the probably mid fifties tonight. There we um, go. So, yeah. all right. Well, some positive news to end the podcast this weekend. We've been talking a lot of tropical weather here recently, but keeping an eye on that, but also celebrating the fact that we're going into fall. So, yeah. I, I know we're going to have more and more to talk about with the foliage reports, and we'll touch yep. on that, of course, every week going forward and as the colors start to change we will make our suggestions on some of the better places to go see some viewing and maybe take a hike um, as we get later into fall here so definitely download in the future we're here every wednesday weather wise it's our podcast from the meteorologist here at 47 abc wmdt thanks for downloading and listening and we'll talk to you again next wednesday